0: However you like to do it, indoors, outdoors, in the gym or playing the field, you know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings of bite. So you can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports at LifestyleSports.com.
1: Hello,
2: everybody, and welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast. This is a podcast, obviously, but you are, we're also live on Facebook and on YouTube now as well for patrons. So, hello. Waving oh, there. Did the old jazz hands,
1: there. I didn't wave. I, didn't I'm wave down on. with waving. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so, welcome to Blood and Mud, the podcast that's never taken a penalty in my life. No. taken a penalty, actually, from the spot. In any kind of proper I mean, situation, like in not the in any proper
1: situation, no. Like I've done it in like playing in school and stuff, but never like. I don't remember doing it in pressure.
2: school. I remember it. I remember it being further away than I thought. Yes, it looks on the telly. It seems like it's a yeah. very long way away when you try and do it yourself. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I don't think even my school had proper eleven aside things drawn out. So we just used you know like the top of the D on the five a side goal. Hmm. We just taken from there i think which is definitely not that's definitely regulation not it,
2: no no. <laughs> <laughs> no so never so yeah. yeah so i had that to deal with at the weekend obviously did you actually watch <laughs> it josh just to,
1: just to yeah i watched it you know i went for a, a walk at halftime and it was the quietest walk i've ever been on <laughs> just literally not a single other soul out but uh yeah, it was quite an entertaining game, I thought. I, thought I genuinely felt felt bad for England because you couldn't help but feel bad for the pure sort of Well, you can't help but feel bad
2: for a 19-year-old lad, can you, who just plunged yeah. his head into his shirt in tears at the end.
1: It was horrible, genuinely horrible. Like, the penalties a shit to way it. to end anything, but yeah. It got it's...
2: to the end. I was just like, I just, I don't. I don't really give a shit if we lose it. It really doesn't matter at all. It's just basically like a <laughs> shit house Tom Bowler penalty. So I don't, I'm not asked. And you know, yeah. And then, and then, and then it was over. And there you go.
1: Yeah, and then, and it, you know, it it was what it was. So, so this is not
2: a football podcast. Obviously, no. so we'll stop talking about that. But uh, but I'm Lee. Hello. Hi.
1: Hi. Over there is. I'm still Josh.
2: Indeed. So apart from the football at the weekend, Josh, what, what have you been up to?
1: Um, I'll tell you what, I had a very, I, I had a, a weekend of really being quite pleased with myself. Cause, um, oh,
2: well, okay. That sounds like a good uh, for,
1: weekend. Indeed, because for about, I don't know, seven or eight years now, this this guitar right here, what I am pointing at now. That is that an epiphone really, Les Paul? It is my Epiphone Les Paul, mm-hmm. what I have had mm-hmm. since I was sixteen. Um so you know it's not been a bad you level
2: guitar that you did well for a sixteen year old.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my first proper guitar after I had like a fucking honer and a squire strat. And this was my first like buying with birthday money guitar. And it's you know, it's been a good servant. It's been gigged many times, it's sort of it's been on the road a lot. It's it's earned its, you know, however many years, 18 years or so of, of use. But uh, for about six years, it's basically been broken. And all the pots were fucked, basically. And so uh, gradually over the course of about four or five years, it would be like, okay, I have to fiddle with this pot to make sound come out. And then you have to fiddle with it more. And then by last week, it was just like, well, if I'm not physically touching the pot, the sound doesn't come out, and therefore I the can't. Non-guitar use it
2: people out there, the pot is the little knobs on the guitar.
1: Yes, indeed. I'm using technical jargon, but um, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I, I'm sick of this. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna buy a new fucking wiring loom, and I'm gonna resold the whole thing.
2: See, that's like fucking alchemy to me. I've got no idea how to do any of that, and I'm quite as it. as the listeners know.
1: I'm You're quite a, quite a DIY
2: person. man. Yeah. You know, it made... I could wire a plug or two, but I wouldn't fancy getting into a guitar. That would fry me. As
1: soon, well, I'll tell you what, as soon as it... And it arrived much quicker than I anticipated. So I ordered it from my good friend, James, Home of tony's who's a little boutique business up in the Midlands, who does these pre-done wiring looms. And I was like, oh, it's fine. They're pre-done. How hard can it be? But the only things that are actually wired up to each other are the volume and tone pots themselves. You still have to wire it into... The selector switch, both pickups, the, yeah. the ground loop. You've got to wire it up to, you know, <laughs> I'm, the jack I'm already socket. feeling
2: actually quite physically distressed. I
1: mean, the, this is that. what I happened when I took the back off the guitar and was like, where does all this go then? And what I did as I foolishly was like, right, in my sort of enthusiasm, I was like, right, I'll unplug everything and I'll unhook everything. And then I was just left with a guitar with a big gaping hole in the back of it. I just thinking, I don't know where any of these wires go. And yet... Um,
2: and yet, we somehow, fast forward to now. Yeah, um,
1: fast forward to a couple of abortive fuck-ups where I plugged it <laughs> in and nothing happened, um, and a quick Instagram exchange with James from James's home of Tone where he basically told me where I'd fucked up. Um but no, I fucking rewired it, and it works. Where and it you fucked
2: good. up, Josh, is when you bought this from me and tried to do it yourself. <laughs> That's where you fucked.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could have said that, but no, he was very I took a photo, and he was just like, "Oh no, yeah, you've put that in the wrong place." And I was like, "Oh, good," and it's fine, and it works. I've rewired my own guitar, which I, it's just somebody using a guitar, and it shouldn't feel like a big deal. But I mean, the yeah. last time I used a soldering iron, I ended up in a and e. So, like, yeah, I, I feel like I've done quite well. I'll have a
2: go Hopefully, at most at things myself. and things like that. You know, I've got like all of my garden stuff is petrol.
1: Mm.
2: I've got mm. a petrol chainsaw and everything else. And I, I got, I bought a petrol stripper and it wasn't starting. Yeah, and it's a, it's it's basically an engine, and I don't have mm. a fucking clue about engines, <laughs> and it wouldn't start. And I watched about fourteen YouTube videos around spark plugs and all this stuff, and it's the most, it's the most infuriating and um, what's the word? impotent you feel. Yes. Because you pull the fucking, you, you pull the, was what it, whatever it's, the starter cord. Thing. Yes. I don't know what it's called. You turn so, that is over. Is it the rip cord?
1: Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I you do know. that,
2: nothing happens. Yeah. You prime it again, you do it about five times, nothing happens. You stand back and you look at it. Oh, yeah. It's just not working then. And then you <laughs> go back in and you pull it a few times again and still it's not started. And you're like, oh, that. What? That's it. That's the end yeah. of my trying to get this to start.
1: Well, this was this was where I was with the rewiring guitar thing after like the second time that it didn't work. because <laughs> like I did, I, I was just like, well, I've attempted. I've, I, I I've get in a really like,
2: bad mood about this stuff. Me too. I, like, I, I, I get infuriated
1: shooting. about. It. I'm not a nice person just... to be around. Yeah. It's the impotence of just being like, "Well, I followed the instructions here. This should work." I don't know what it's to do. At
2: least twenty-two yeah. times, and it looks That's right. A, so why is not it yeah. working?
1: The third time I did it, I didn't even test it because I was just like, "That's definitely not worked." I don't even. I can't even bring myself to plug it in for a third time and have it not worked. And then at about eight, just I think it was just before the game on Sunday, about sort of half past seven, I was like, "Oh, I'll just chuck the guitar back upstairs." And as I was just, I was like, oh, "I'll just plug it in. Just see." just on the off chance and it worked. I say it worked. I had wired the whole guitar upside down so that the selector switch is now selected the wrong way around, but that's a really yeah, easy fix. Correct. Cause all you, all you do is yeah, just that gives um, it unscrew, that, unscrew that thing and just turn it around 90 degrees. It's fine. Nobody's any the wiser, but um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely extremely pleased with myself.
2: The most pleased I've ever been with electronic thing. Mm-hmm. Was I managed to replace the screen, the LCD screen, on an wow. iPhone three?
1: Nice, because it literally comes
2: apart in two. it's like a clip <laughs> thing on it. you, and had you had some, on did the screen, thing. and then you kind of, and then you put it back together. And I was like, great! So I did that. And I was honestly, I've never been so chuffed, and I managed to do something like <laughs> something they basically got Chinese children doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pleased with, and, and then, minimum wage lads doing mobile phone repair shops
2: and yeah exactly and 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 then some i think it was the iphone 4 which had think obviously completely different design same thing up, but i thought well i can replace i can replace this so i started looking again this doesn't look like an iphone 3 i thought when on youtube got to like step five of the instructions like fuck that i am yes. not touching this thing they no are now way.
1: incredibly they are now incredibly hard to fix because things are stuck together in, and Which it's is like why you got a special screwdriver. It
2: me a port market <laughs> and charges seventy five quid to put a new screen on something.
1: That's exactly why it is, yeah. Although when I did that, they still managed to break my phone in doing it because they're not designed to be taken apart. So
2: I'm assuming there was no refunds, no fixes, no callbacks.
1: I mercifully I went to a relatively uh reputable one and I made such a fuss that they gave me a new phone. So <laughs> I'm...
2: Was it like Twitter, Josh, in the open?
1: Yeah, yeah, big stuff. I was really feeling. <laughs> the word "unacceptable" came out so many times. Brilliant. Yeah. Did you ask to see their manager? Yeah, I yeah, damn right I did, and I went to head office. I was like, "Do you think it's acceptable for me to hand my fo- my perfectly functioning phone with a broken camera lens in, and you break the entire thing so it doesn't work anymore?" So yeah, so well mm. done.
2: It's always nice to to, to create something, isn't it?
1: It is. It's nice to feel like you've accomplished something and done something and made something. Yeah.
2: I spent the weekend accomplishing having to drive every fucker around everywhere, so I wasn't quite as happy as you. (laughs)
1: It's not as fun, (laughs) is it?
2: I mean, I'll try and be as quick as I can here, but basically I had to go to Chester on the train to pick up my wife's (sighs) car because she was meant to get a train to Chester but didn't read the timetable properly, so I had to then drive to Chester so she wouldn't be late for a friend, but then the car would have been in Chester overnight, parking fines, having to go back the day after. So I said, tell you what, I'll get on the train. I'll go and get it. <laughs> Did that. I said, yeah. right, I'll see you later. Came home, quarter to 11, can you come and pick me up from Chester? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Whereabouts are you? Do you know such, yeah, pull up, her and a friend, She. she's with a friend, they both get in the car. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what? I said, hang on a minute.
1: Oh, I'm giving someone a lift home. Where, as where am online? I going then? Yeah.
2: <laughs> are you coming back to ours? My wife's friend. Are you okay to give Friend to lift home. Where's friend live? Birkenhead. <laughs> if you know the geography of the northwest of England, you start to realize, <laughs> and North Wales. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not a problem. Look I mean, on it's... smile. Did that. Come home. Did the same the next day, including one of the kids. People That's say nice. that this is what dads are meant to do or parents are meant to do, but it's unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so happy my kids had no sporting talent at all.
1: Oh. I because imagine. there is
2: no way I was going to be doing that driving them all around fucking North Wales to nine hundred different tennis clubs or some other shit. I was like, I'm not doing yeah. it.
1: Imagine imagine if you know, imagine if they were athletically aptitudinal <laughs> enough that they
2: but well, I ruined it for him, you know, frankly. But I never oh, had to awful. do that. Problem. Yeah,
1: by going, I'm not driving. I don't care if you just signed for Liverpool. I'm not driving <laughs> you all the way. Have you seen the M53 at this time of day? It was bad enough to cetera. take
2: him to communion class, and that was only at the church <laughs> down the road. That was bad enough, and that was only because I feared God's wrath that I had to take him to that. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that was my oh. weekend. But obviously, and then then it ended with losing the football. But
1: it sounds like you had a great weekend, all in all.
2: Oh, my son's got his driving test on Thursday.
1: No fair play. So I
2: spent all of Sunday doing parking manoeuvres with him to such an extent. We did we were out for three hours and we did so much parallel parking and bay parking that my power steering started playing up. Because obviously I'd like knackered the fluid on it or something. Because <laughs> the, the car was like, I'm not meant to do this many turns of the wheel in three hours. What are you doing?
1: I mean, fair play. That's I mean it, a weekend where you gave a lot of yourself to others. I, feel, I do some is moaning. A, me
2: tell it was like, yeah, I've been useful to everyone around me, which is a blessing, yes. Josh. It's Indeed. a blessing. It's good to, it is good to, use to be useful.
1: Around you. Indeed.
2: So anyway, hello. Um, yes. We are tell on, me what's
1: not useful to the people around us is this first you know this first section minutes
2: of, 13 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we are you gonna get in touch with us. I'm at Blood and Mud. Tell me if you've had to ferry your bloody family round everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also late blood and, blood and mush blood and mush blood and mush blood and mush entirely new, different website
1: that's a new venture
2: late blood and mud.com and what about you Josh
1: uh at Josh Gardner and at rucked underscore I'm just looking up blood and mush.com yeah that's sure. so what it, it's uh, it doesn't exist that's a shame
2: well okay I'll be buying that so we're on Apple we're on acast we're on patreon.com mm-hmm. Slur- blood and mud where you can get extra episodes you get a lot access to a live stream of this very podcast as i'm speaking both on the facebook mm-hmm. group which you can join which is not just a live stream there's all chats and stuff in there as well and also you oh, get yeah. a, a private link on youtube to watch it as well if youtube is your bag rather than facebook i mean either way it's still a gigantic corporation looking at your every move i don't like right you know it, it but that's 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 what it is um <laughs> We've also got extra episodes. It's two quid a month or twenty quid for the year. And you can pay or you can pay five quid a month and fifty quid for the year, and you get to have us have a go at giving you a player biography. We've had a few this week, Josh. We've had a few.
1: We have. That's always nice.
2: First of all, we've had in the VIP lounge at five pounds. I think I think this person paid for the whole year. So thank you very much. Ooh. He said um it's our friend Die Perk. Die Porky Perk. Played 156 games for Ebry Vale when they were at their absolute worst. Uh, playing in many positions across the bat line, always looking slightly too portly, hence the nickname, and to little success, to the point at which fans labelled him a no-tility back.
1: Lovely. Oh, that is lovely.
2: There you go. So, Di the no-tility Ebby Vale back. Thank you, Di. And who've you got there, Josh?
1: Uh, I've got Joe Ardy, uh, who hates birds and all animals after a lifetime of being teased about his surname in relation, obviously to famous twitching spring watching namesake bill. Um, he insists because of this, that if he'd have been in Scott Baldwin's position in South Africa in 2017, (laughs) he would not only have avoided getting his hand bitten by the lion, He'd have punched the lion in the face before it even got a chance. Um, his teammates aren't too sure about that, uh, and I think it's quite doubtful, given he's actually the slowest fullback any of them have ever seen. To the point that he's so slow, he makes Chris Patterson look like Christine Cullen. But you know, it, it, it's a thing.
2: Thank you very much. Finally, this week we've got Simon Wilton. Uh, Simon was understudy to Joe Worsley at Wasps for his entire career. So mm. back row, Simon became frustrated. And retired at the age of twenty nine to make his thought his fortune in the latest craze of loom bands. Oh, lovely. After a really good first year, things have been very difficult ever since.
1: <laughs> do you ever worry about or do you ever think about the people who went really hard in on fidget spinners?
2: Yeah. True stories like, are pretty good with autistic uh, people.
1: I can believe that. Yeah. But like you know when like they were like a massive craze. Not all
2: autistic people, of course, but for some people it was something to worry at.
1: Indeed, and indeed, I had a uh, what you call it a fidget cube for a while. Not because I'm autistic or anything, but just because I fidget a great deal. And certainly in the first couple of weeks, was it the first couple of months of this podcast where there was a constant clicking, and I realised it was me clicking the little clicky switch on my. It's better than when you cube.
2: used to openly vape on the podcast. That was the, that was the other one. There's a slight <laughs> bubbling sound in the background. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I mean you can't say we don't take are, it
2: seriously. These you are the, just, the sort of things I might that. need
1: to bring back now that we're sort of doing a live video, live stream. <laughs> you should have a smoking jacket and a full pipe, my, yeah, with my fucking jewel just leaving me in a haze of vape. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I did. I tell you, oh yeah, I, I edited a fidget spinner magazine very briefly at one point.
2: You, one, no, you didn't, <laughs> and two, what? <laughs>
1: Uh, it was called. um I say edited. It's probably a fucking. It was called Spinner Power, uh, and it w- was a um a sort of. I think it lasted two issues. Maybe I, mean, I was going to say. <laughs> I meant it, was. it definitely lasted one issue, but uh, it might have had a second one. But I can't remember who it was. But basically, the company I was working for at the time were like, "We're getting in on this spinner." P- like fidget spinner trend. There's a magazine in Portugal that does, there's a fidget spinner magazine. We're going to get license it. And then we're going to, and it was literally like 60 pages of terrible tricks that you could do with a fidget spinner. I was going to say,
2: what, how many, what, how many features or interviews could you do?
1: Genuinely, It was, some of the tricks were fucking shit. (laughs) And most of them were fucking (laughs) shit, to be honest. But, um, how many yeah, of them involved we it, was, it was all,
2: like a ninja star? Because that would have been the one I would have been interested in. Not,
1: not, not a single one in two issues. It was bullshit. But, like, yeah, it was, like, it promised something like, what was it? Yeah, 30, like, games you could play with, like, fidget spinners. The coolest fidget spinners in the world rated. <laughs> I'm just looking at them. But all of this was basically Google translated from Portuguese. And... So I basically had to rewrite <laughs> So that an was your magazine. job
2: to basically Google Translate a Portuguese fidget spinner magazine. No, no, and somehow it was, try and make it it was make worse sense.
1: than that. Someone had already Google Trans, badly Google Translated it for me. And then from that, I had to work out what the fuck they were trying to communicate.
2: So you had to edit through... an entire Google Translated from Portuguese magazine?
1: Yes. Fucking um, hell. It was not a fun week of my life. I'm going to I was very glad when it got shit canned after issue 2.
2: Anna in the comments is asking how many how many issues did they actually sell?
1: I don't think <laughs> a lot. It sold more than the same company uh really bet the farm on licensing a um you know those like thermo things that like posh chefs use that sort of like a combination of a like um like a food mixer that also like Does Thermomix, I think it's called. (laughs) They're big and like, they're big in like Germany. Yeah, it's basically a a mixer and a, like sort of, it cooks things. It can make ice cream. It can do everything basically. They're very big in Australia and they're very big in Germany. The same company really bet the farm that Thermomixes would be like the next big cooking gadget trend in Britain and made a licensed mag for it, even though they were only like something like 10,000 thermomixes in the UK. And I think that did actually worse than the fucking spinner <laughs> magazine did. I mean, at least, at least every kid in Britain had a fucking fidget spinner. Let's face it.
2: Not a 300 quid thermo it's,
1: whipping thing. I'll tell you what, I think the thermomix is more than that. I'm going to find out now. It sounds but expensive.
2: We, it sounds yeah, expensive. It is
1: expensive. Fuck me thing a used one is 770 quid it's a, it's a 20 in one kitchen appliance according to its website 20 in one. Who, who, who asked who asked for that yeah, fuck but... me it's it's 1100 quid 1149 pounds
2: what can you cut no let's end this now this is too (laughs) much let's
1: let's not go there if you if you're interested just google thermomix and it'll tell you that it does 20 things
2: everyone's googling portuguese translated fidget spinner magazine that's what it's called it's called
1: spinner power magazine spinner Um, power magazine there you go yeah patrons would
2: like a spinner power off spin spin spinner power spin off podcast episode oh yes Um,
1: uh Yes. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of questions about that in the uh, Facebook comments at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. And no, okay. I know, uh, Anna said, no, I didn't even get a fucking free fidget spinner. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Anyway.
2: Fidget spinner magazine. Was that, was that your lowest, <laughs> Deb, in, in magazine? Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was certainly
1: right, right down there, especially as I'd recently started at that company. And was feeling quite Billy Big bollocks about it. And then they lumped me with... <laughs> that was the job they gave you. Fucking spinner power, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, well. Anyway. Right. Rugby?
2: Rugby. We begin as mm. we always begin with a player spotted. i right. Stu Owen gets in touch on the DMs on Twitter. Hello, Stu, and thank you. Detailed, sent in several messages in little paragraphs. I quite like I
1: that. mean, I, I, I appreciate that. He's, he's basically sort of, you know, kind of creating a little conversation with you without... Actually. Exactly. Yeah, it's lovely stuff.
2: Uh, so, Stu always says, player spotted Stroke nearly had a fight with, because remember we had a bit of a spin-off of nearly... because the last one was somebody nearly having a fight with <laughs> yeah, Jeff I do.
1: In Indeed, yeah, big star.
2: In 2003-2004, says Stu, I was out in Carmarthen with my then-girlfriend. It was doing her teacher training course at Carmarthen College at the time. One of the girls she was shared, she shared a flat with, was making friends in inverted commas with a right. young up and coming member of the Scarlet Squad. So, right. think about it Scarlet Squad, West Wales 2003 4. Yeah, it was a weekend, and I was introducing a friend of mine from the army. So, Stu's in the army, so he don't mess around to the joys of West Wales and Pembrokeshire. We'd arranged to meet my girlfriend and a few of her friends in Camarthen town on my way home to Milford Haven to have a night out and a bit of a catch up. Milford Haven's a long way to go for a night out, Stew, really and I've never is. been, but I imagine it's not a good one. But please, you could you could <laughs> tell me that it's it's different. Milford Haven seems to have the it has a feeling of every day and it being your last. That kind of vibe. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's certainly probably the place that you only go for a night out once. You know. the
2: train from Wrexham to Milford Haven is the, the hilarious one because it obviously spends 40 percent of it in, in England, yeah, a particular Welsh way <laughs> it does. Um, anyway, so hmm. Milford Haven. the night went well, he says, oh. until the early hours when we ended up in Metros Nightclub, Metros in Milford Haven. I I was
1: going to say I mean uh, is it, is he said is it a franchise?
2: He says, it makes a Star Wars bar look like a five-star dining restaurant, he says. <laughs> um, he says, uh, my girlfriend's friend was had met up with her latest conquest by this point and brought him over to the table to meet us all. It was a young, very inebriated Mike Phillips, <sighs> whose first words were, This, all this right, story
1: has just gone from fucking here to fucking here. Yeah,
2: His first words were, all right, I'm Mike, do you know who I am? As a Scarlets fan, I wasn't sure whether to reply, yes, I know who you are. You're a great player who's going to play for Wales <laughs> and, the Lions, and the Lions in the future, or to try to take the direct approach and just try to take his head off. We've all been there, we <laughs> might have we? Yeah, you, know.
1: you just got in there early. The Even's going to go one or two ways, so you might as well cut out the middleman.
2: He says, thankfully, my girlfriend and all her friends managed to intervene before I had the chance to deprive the nation of that try against Ireland. By not taking the second, because I did not take the second option. He says, I know it's not boring enough for players spotted, and I doubt I'll be the only readers that are running with our best scrum half and probably our <laughs> best ever shit house in Gomscheit. Well, of course, I was going to say, it would have been even better, Stu, if you'd have been the guy outside McDonald's.
1: Absolutely. In fact, if he listens, please get in touch.
2: <laughs> yeah, if anybody knows the guy who was outside McDonald's, which led to the, that brilliant picture of him being pinned to the floor by the McDonald's bouncers, I mean, that's the lowest of. That's, that's not a great look, is it? It's, Welsh international pinta floor, not by of, the police, by the McDonald's bouncers yeah, at the bottom of Queen Street. In by, it's
1: like imagine uh, on the sort of like echelons of bouncers, like presumably, like your Premier League ones, are, are going to the big nightclubs because they presumably play pay the best. Mm. How far down the fucking Ziggurat do you have to be to just be the McDonald's guy? You know. My
2: son works in McDonald's and he says the first mm. job you get given when you start is to be on chicken. <laughs> because all you're doing right. for eight hours is dropping and lifting chickens like right at yes. the back of the, the back of the kitchen. It's like the worst <laughs> shift ever. It always a ton, it stinks, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. I imagine McDonald's bouncers is the same as the chicken yeah. station. <laughs> yeah. You work your way up from there, like in coming to America. I used to work yeah. on clean up like you guys. Now I'm washing <laughs>
1: lettuce. That one. Yeah, it's like you're very the very bottom of the job are the bouncers at the Apple Store because nobody knows why they exist. <laughs> and... Have you ever
2: seen it go off in an Apple Store?
1: <laughs> exactly, but there's always a fucking doorman there. Um, and then presumably McDonald's is like just above that. But Did
2: I above. have I told the listeners and you that I was a bouncer at uni?
1: Um, you've mentioned it at one point, but I, don't I, w- think I ever was gone into depth.
2: Go for well, bouncer. I was a, I was security on the door and general security in the student union in Middlesbrough. You but we did have to out. do, I did have to do a, a door supervisor's qualification and all that stuff with
1: the police oh, and and all to, do, to do the job. Bouncer.
2: Well, exactly. And then when and when we left, when we were leaving he so we said are you gotta carry on doing this, then Lee, when you go because we are moving to Cardiff after uni. So you gotta carry on doing this, then Lee. I said, You're fucking joking, aren't you? I'm not doing this with real people, they'll kick me fucking head in. Said, you know, a pissed up bloody Stuart from the computer science course on the Christmas do he's had a bit too much, few too many drinks, that's fine, but
1: uh, oh, well you say that, but my mate Kyle, right? Um, he's always been he's a bit an odd boy, but like he was doing a history degree in Swansea, and started working on the doors. Like while he was studenting, and then finished uni and just went full time on the doors. Because he oh, just who? liked, he just liked fucking kicking people's heads down fucking, <laughs> Wind Street.
2: Yeah. The best that we, we had one day at the uni when they had vodka on twenty p a shot on a Wednesday, so it was like oh, sports day. They Jesus. had vodka on twenty p a shot. It was the, we had I think we had twenty nine ejections that night. Nobody nobody fighting. Everyone absolutely bladdered basically. And then the Christmas do was a brilliant one because people you hadn't seen all year just appeared the last week <laughs> of, of uni. Oh, and it was like yes. the computer science lads and stuff in mm. Christmas hats, bless them. And one of them was so pissed, we carried him out. And we propped him up against the wall outside and just left him there. And his mate came down and was drunk. I said, um, he said, he lives in Woodlands Hall. And I was like, what the fuck are you <laughs> telling me that, I I'm his fucking concierge, pal. I'm not going to put him in a fucking taxi and take him home for
1: you. Uh, oh, I tell you what. Uh, yes, uh, sorry. Anyway, anyway, yes.
2: So... McDonald's yeah. bouncer is lowest on the food chain. Harley Worthy in the comments so. says my mate was a bouncer in Union. Apparently the best paid ones in Cardiff are the gay bars. No.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's probably some really horrendous homophobic reason for that. It probably is, isn't it? That nobody yeah. wants to work
2: in it so they've got to pay like yeah, yeah. shift allowance because it's seen as working in a dangerous environment or some awfulness like that, basically. <laughs> I hope it's not that.
1: I hope it's not that, but I've I mean, I've got a horrible feeling.
2: If you've anyway. watched Liverpool narcos, by the way on Sky, the third episode about the cocaine trade goes in, and, the, and the, not a second episode, about E, mm. talks about the door wars in Liverpool, because the door controlled the drug trade, oh, and did, bouncers yeah. were like fucking shooting each other to get in charge of <laughs> doors and stuff. That never <laughs> happened see. at the University of Teesside, <laughs> I'll tell you that. So, uh, that is Play yeah. Spotted, thank you. So, if you want to be a patron, you go to patreon.com slash blood and <laughs> mud, and if you want to... Uh, do a play spotted? You can do the Patreon messaging service if you're that way inclined. You can message on on Facebook now, but honestly, try. There's so many places you've got to look for messages now. So try and keep it to either honestly, Twitter,
1: quite, Patreon yeah.
2: messaging, or Lee at After yeah, that, it's, it's
1: Josh does not get involved to, in this at all. So no, don't try I'm, and I'm spam in it. if we haven't. Uh, no. If
2: you haven't heard anything, don't email Josh. No,
1: anyway, he's probably got
2: some kind of filter on.
1: I've absolutely I've got it all filtered, mate.
2: Uh, okay, so that is The Player Spotted. Shall we do some news, Josh? Is that is that the time of the episode? I think it is, yeah.
1: Do you want to start us off with some news then? Um, Razzy Rasmus has named the world's most stupid A-team ever. Are we doing that now? Um, are we going to do I mean, preview later? Fuck, I mean, we can leave it till later if you like, but I'll just say it's very silly. <laughs> Fucking hell. The um, Globo
2: gym Purple Cobras of eight teams.
1: <laughs> it's like now he's got two jobs again for a week. He's gone mad with power. And it's just like fuck it. I'm going to throw the entire concept of an A fixture into the bin <laughs> by starting <laughs> 13 <laughs> World Cup finalists. Yeah. Just, um, it's... Yeah. Yeah. So we'll news
2: talk then. about we'll preview it yeah, a bit. about bit the yeah. teams and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, go on. Then, um, in other news.
1: In other news, uh, premiership fixtures for twenty-one twenty-two 22 have been revealed. Um, 14 teams now means that we're going to have to get used to the fun and game of bye weekends, which is new. Um, mm. so wasps are off first week of the season. Um, and there's loads of games now being played during international windows, which definitely won't make for even more mad results and uncompetitive games like we saw last season. Um, however, first match of the season, Bristol hosting Saracens at Ashton Gate. That sounds like it's going to be fun and tasty, and Saracens are definitely going to win.
2: I predict a difficult season for Bristol.
1: Me too, actually. I think they could well have a bit of a, a, a slump this year because, or next year rather. Because I mean,
2: people ask me to analyse that, but I'm just—it's I'm, just a vibe I'm, just, I'm getting, and I'm going with it.
1: I think they just became increasingly silly as the season went on. And they they don't seem to have any interest in reining that silliness in with some common sense. And okay, fair play to Harlequins. It worked for them. But I think in a normal season, it would not. And as in any season where Saracens are involved, I don't think it'll work.
2: Yeah, uh, what else have we got in the news here? Donkey Weir is back in Glasgow, baby.
1: Yeah, he is.
2: Spiritual home in the kit, looking belting.
1: Indeed. Um, speaking of uh, looking belting, uh, Moana Pacifica have been granted their license to enter Super Rugby next season alongside the uh, Fiji and which means that, yeah. That, they, have they worked out who's going to be with who yet? In because, what sense? Like, well, because like, I think they were trying to sort of divide one, like Australia has one of them and Fiji has the other I one. I see. I don't know if or if they're gonna sort of all try to come together and have one big competition again. But Super Rugby Aotearoa and and Super Rugby AU have worked out really well. So they they basically want whipping boys, don't they? That's the, that's the reality of that. Is that certainly in New Zealand they've said that they can't handle all these high pressure games without getting to give somebody a right fucking stuffing every couple of weeks. So. Yeah, Ramanu Pacifica are going to be those guys, I guess. It makes sense if they're based in. in Especially seeing
2: as they will, they will come to this later, but they'll probably be quite fuming that Fiji made them look. Like quite a, quite not ordinary not at times, Indestructible yeah. rugby team at the weekend. Well, exactly,
1: and you know it's nice that there will be a you know a Pacific Island two or two Pacific Island teams in Super Rugby. Uh, it's amazing. It's taken this long. Um,
2: it is, but we you can't go back. So no. we have to at least say, well, hopefully this works out.
1: Yeah, provided it's not all one big con to poach even more Islanders for the All Blacks, then you know, happy days.
2: Well, I'm choosing to look on the bright side here and hoping that it indeed. Won't be that. But, you know, fast forward to a year, but we'll see what happens. Quite. Um, Qu- <laughs> Quade Cooper can't get Australian citizenship.
1: Very, very funny. This the fact really funny. Despite played
2: seventy times for the country, it's not seen as something <laughs> as worthy of being given citizenship.
1: Yeah, it was.
2: This is what happens when you go full cunt with your immigration <laughs> rules. Watch this, it's, it's... obviously. Very. Watch this space for this country. I'm telling you. Yeah. When you go to the shit house shithouse immigration rulings this is what starts to happen when you start using terms like will you be good enough for this country which is effectively what they're saying you end up in situations like this
1: yeah and, I, and you know you look at the sort of the reciprocal relationships that they have cuz like obviously he was born in New Zealand he's lived in Australia since he was like 7 or whatever but apparently if your parents aren't Australian even if you're born in Australia, you're not automatically guaranteed citizenship in Australia unless you live there until you're ten years old and can prove that you've got you're going to stay. They're fucking mental. Like, um, there's there's fucking loads of room in Australia. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know a lot, I know a lot of it's pretty fucking arid, but you know, when I mean, a you lot can't live in
2: ninety percent of the middle bit. No. But that's by the by. It's still massive. But some people
1: would say you can't live in 90%, 99% of all of it. But you know, they've <laughs> life has found a way. And yeah, it's just mad. It's fucking mad to me how insane they are. But the Quaid thing really does throw it into quite a sharp relief, doesn't it? Unless you we forget, pay... you know,
2: Sydney's like wigged in the seventies, as my Uncle Keith has confirmed. It's <laughs> like wiggled in the seventies, but boiling and full of things wanting to kill you. <laughs> so you know what i mean it's not that good a fucking yeah. place yeah
1: and even if you you know you represent the country 70 odd times like or 60 odd times or however many it is it's not good enough not good enough
2: ben russell in the comments says it's the same in ireland you're not you're not a citizen even if you're born there if you have two foreign parents which is interesting because my wife is an irish citizen but she was born in london because her mum was born in ireland Because if you're the kid of somebody born on the island of Ireland, you're automatically an Irish citizen. But you're not if you're born there.
1: That's weird. Citizenship's weird, isn't it?
2: Nation states, man. They're a relatively new idea, but people have really grabbed hold of them, haven't they? Really (laughs) grabbed hold of them. They take it quite seriously.
1: Yeah. A bit too seriously if anything at times. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Other news. Um, Scott Robertson uh has re-signed a new deal with the Crusaders until the end of 2024 which feels like a pointed amount of time (laughs) what he what he has signed up for (laughs) well yeah I mean presumably that's his end of 2024 means the end of the Super Rugby season in 2024
2: after the next World Cup
1: yes which will mean that there will be no. It's going to be um, a year
2: out, won't he? Because well, it depends on the All Blacks want to play it, because well, they no, could win.
1: 20, 20, if the All Blacks, if basically twenty twenty three is next World Cup in it. Yeah. yeah. Is it? Yeah. Ian Foster's deal is out at the end of the year. So, unless he does an amazing, a much better job than he did in his first year, I think we all think that maybe Warren Gatland's going to get that job once he's finished with the Lions. Um. And then, if he doesn't work his magic in time for the 2023 Rugby World Cup, well, Scott Robertson, presumably, then will just win Super Rugby again with the Crusaders in 2024, and then will instantly be parachuted into the All Blacks in time for their next Test match after the end of the Rugby World Cup, which will be starting in about July 2024. So, you can't say he's not worked this out quite well. Indeed. Yeah, because you don't want to be because you don't want to I mean, be out do we, of a do job. We, do
2: we want to see him break dancing on an international stage?
1: You know, Honestly, I don't. man, I'm so fucking bored of his break dancing. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, but fair play, he's a very good coach. I imagine that most test most test teams in the world would take breakdancing dancing if he was winning them the amount of trophies and the amount of titles that he wins <laughs> with the Crusaders. I'd I'd have him at Wales tomorrow if he could then transfer his like level Crusaders of Crusaders success.
2: Like a more athletic version of the truffle shuffle, isn't it? He mustn't actually really want to do it,
1: but he's forced to do it by his friends. Yeah, now, the first time he did it, it was quite spontaneous and fun, but now everybody's sort of expecting it, and you feel like he sort of... He feels a pressure to sort of outdo himself. You know when you're like a sort of... Plus, he's got that
2: entire... I'm Sorry.
1: You know, like when you're like a sort of shock jock, reactionary comedian type person that goes out to offend people, you know? A Lee Hurst, if you will. Or that bloke who's getting fucking pilloried on Twitter today for being a right cunt. Who I'd never heard of. No, me either. But, you know... It's not you, is it? No, it's not me. (laughs) Not this time. But, you know, if your whole shtick is being that sort of provocative comedian, if you want to carry on getting... The same level of reaction you've got to keep going and going and going until eventually you become a horrendous thing that nobody wants to see and that's basically what scott robertson's doing like
2: it's also the fact that he it looks like he looks like a glenn close drag act breakdown. he really does have a glenn nobody close wants to see that do they? Writing, really? I, I, mean, no, I don't i mean i love glenn close she's a, she's a queen
1: absolutely i don't want to see her break in there
2: <laughs> I don't want to see a breakdown scene in the rain in New Zealand every fucking year.
1: Every fucking year, man. Can't and be. it
2: all just reminded the Crusaders have once again um, chomped another opposition in their giant steel-like molars. <laughs> and once again, they've t- rendered everything to asunder.
1: Yeah, it does sort of make you appreciate Saracens and Exeter, really, doesn't it? Like... Fuck, you know, it's bad. It's not that bad.
2: Yeah. What other news we got here? Uh, Sia kalisi has got COVID.
1: Yeah. Two
2: weeks out from the first test. First of all, let's Stop. hope he's all right. Yeah. Because this thing can still be a complete fucker, unless we forget. People Absolutely. are kind of fed up with people getting it now in some ways, aren't they? Well, mm. actually it still can be quite serious. I know somebody last year who was a proper like triathlon runner and... Was in a really bad way, he came through, but uh, yeah, so it can happen to anybody. So I hope to God, he's all right, especially with his uh, his um, risk factors, shall we say?
1: Yeah, it's it's just you know, we're all fucking bored of it, but it is still happening, you know, and it's you know, Stuart Hogg is still fucking isolating after testing positive, yeah. Well, you know, he's (laughs) that. There's the one player that's tested positive and despite everything that's happened in the last week and a half, he hasn't been in any of the squads. So I think you can safely assume that he's the one who's got it. (laughs) I'm loving the
2: journalist. Why won't you tell us it's Johnny Hill that's not been vaccinated?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, Hoggy's obviously got it, you know. So maybe it's just an extra thing. He you know, seemed who like who a does. sensible lad, but you who's know, to say? And yeah, you would imagine that Craig Townsend is the coach, as he hasn't been seen or heard from, um, yeah, in the press since. And you know they've both been, you know, isolating for a week now with this. More than,
2: but it should be a seven-day, at least a seven-day isolation, shouldn't
1: it? Yeah, although I think you can reduce that thing if you start testing negative. So if they're still testing positive, after you're not the, symptomatic. The, yeah, or if this yeah, or if they're symptomatic, one of the two, I guess. But I mean, who?
2: Well, I'm just looking at public health Wales rules. It could, you know, it could be very different in, you know, British and Irish Lions bubble rules. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, whatever. That's true. The rules what what are actually applies South- there? Who, yeah, why?
1: we don't know what the rules are in South Africa and what rules the sort of the joint medical board between the South African Union and the Lions medical team decide of the rules. I guess. But um, yeah, it's. It is a bit shit, isn't it? And there's a reason that you know Roland Keller is likely to get called up to the Lions any day now, apparently. Um,
2: and I know that reason is because I shouted him out as my as as my bolter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's gonna he's gonna make somebody a lot of money if he turns up. <laughs> yes. In the in a test team at some point, but you know that's the reality of where they are. You know they're gonna have to you know, Gatlin's realized now that they are going to have potential situations where, you know, it won't just be one player that's unavailable. If it's a front row, chances are they're all fucked. You know, as we learned from the sort of shambolic situation with the sharks last week, you know, if they're in the same back line as him or in the same fucking forward pack as the person that tests positive, you might have some serious fucking issues. So, Yeah. We shall see. Speaking
2: of Lions tour and mm. injuries and whatever, I suppose the big news of the week is...
1: Guess who's back? Back, <laughs> back again. again. Oh. Yeah.
2: So we don't know for definite, do we? But there have literally been photos I of mean, him running into people today.
1: I mean, he did. He, I mean, there's a brilliant photo of him fucking absolutely putting poor Nick Tompkins into space with his, <laughs> his recently dislocated shoulder. Um, so I think it's safe to say that somehow he's fucking managed to... Gethin Jenkins said at lunchtime that he'd come through the morning session and he was fine, just a bit blowing a bit because it was fucking hot. Um, wait till he gets fucking South Africa, pal. Well. But beyond that, it does seem like he's... I mean... I've heard that he's booked on a flight to South Africa tonight. So, like, we'll see if if he actually goes. And he could be in a he could be in the mix to start against the Stormers on the weekend, or not start at the Stormers, but at least be involved against the Stormers on the weekend, which is fucking bananas. <laughs> Seventeen days. Do you fancy since West he
2: disappeared, I forget eight twice in one <laughs> week, <way>, Warren. No. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I appreciate Razzie's sort of little kind of cheeky thing there. But it's like, if you want to play mind games, like, get Warren to agree to play South Africa A twice before you name your team. Yes. Do you want to play South Africa A twice? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm going to put fucking 13 World Cup starters in it. Um, yes. Nah, you're all right. Let me introduce you to South Africa
2: A. Oh,
1: fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he is entirely silent.
2: Yeah. Well, I bet Empire Strikes Back when they walk into that room and Vader's just stood there. Oh, shit. And Razzie's oh. stood there like, Lando, I had to, man.
1: They got it just before you did. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Heather and Elizabeth got here just before you did.
1: Yeah, I mean it's very funny. It is a bit of a shit house move, kind of taking the spirit. You know, if we're t- if we're going to sort of talk about spirit of tour shit, mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> sticking thirteen World Cup winners in an A fixture is a. But I get why he's done it, and it's funny. So I know. think this
2: is. I think a lot of people are reading. You know, they're not taking this the right way at all. All of this Absolutely. is fucking hilarious. This is the thing instead of focusing the fact that it's a bit of a shambles and that makes it bad, focus on the fact that this is like a tour that's gone on the fucking boat in 1932 or something. This is amazing. Exactly. Four of them have been lost to scurvy or something on the way. It's <laughs> fucking great. Embrace it, man. This is the thing. People seem
1: to have forgotten. There's a fucking pandemic on, and like I'm not just talking about like the increasing lack of fuck that the general public and you know, the prime minister seems to give about the pandemic, but like so many like journalists and players and pundits and fans seem to just be greeting every fresh twist of this lion's, tour schedule, as some sort of like immutable stain on the soul of rugby and the Lions concept, <laughs> as opposed to a bunch of professional athletes, coaches and administrators making the best of extremely difficult circumstances to make a weird fucking archaic touring concept from the 1800s somehow work in the time of COVID. It's like, yeah, some of it's been a bit mad. And what, some of the what team, team really selections have been mad. They've they made enjoy. small
2: adjustments, really, to yeah. team selections at the last minute.
1: Yeah, so far, the only alteration in terms of the actual tour schedule is that they played the Sharks twice instead of playing the Bulls, but they played all of the other games on the days that they were supposed to play them. They moved a kickoff of one of them back by an hour. They've had one positive test in the playing group and one positive test in the coaches, which obviously is not great. But fucking hell, man. Like, And obviously, the box camp has had it much worse. But again they're in a place where they can feel 13 World Cup finalists and 18 fixtures, oh, so it's fine. Like
2: 26 members of the squad have got COVID, and they name me the team It's like, that's the entire
1: fucking first team there, pretty much. Fuck off. It's like, yeah, the players and staff, are not they're not on strike here. Like, they all want to <laughs> be there. They would run through a fucking brick wall to get this test series to happen. Like... Being imprisoned in a fucking really lovely five-star resort with incredible views, wonderful facilities, and your every whim catered for 24 hours a day it might well be a gilded cage, but it's not fucking that bad, is it? And it's going really well, like, considering everything that could have happened between, like... Remember when we were sat here talking about this tour about two or three months ago? We were mm. just like, there's no fucking way this tour is going to go ahead. Surely not. Yeah, not a and, chance. You know,
2: they're, all gonna, they're all gonna set the reality about a month out and go this is yeah. and here we are.
1: Yeah, it's happening. Like whether it should be happening or not is uh, you know up for debate and is a valid conversation to have had beforehand and afterwards. But now that it's happening, just enjoy the chaos, man. Like like I'm old enough to remember the thirteenth of March twenty twenty. Do you remember that day? <laughs> Which was Yeah. Wales Under-20s versus Scotland under-20s, i.e. the last game of Rugby Union played in the world, I think. Professional game of Rugby Union played in the world until the 13th of June when Super Rugby Aotearoa started. We had whole three months where there was no rugby at all. Remember how shit that was? And not just no rugby, no sport. Like, we had to watch fucking films about rugby that were terrible. Do you remember those episodes? Some of our best work. <laughs> Arguably, some of our best work. On, on Jesus Christ! Ones.
2: Like, but it was it was tough. we were watching was, films. Yeah.
1: We were doing documentaries. We were, we were watching marble racing. You know, we were so we were watching Nick Heath commentate on his life. We were watching Andrew Cotter's dogs. How desperate we were for any kind of sport. Remember, we and did the like, history the history
2: um, episode with Tony Collins, and he said, and he made. it... He said basically since organized sport started, this has never happened. Yeah. And even during the wars, it yeah. never there Sports was some still version went of organized on. sport rumbled on. This has yeah. never happened since 1860, basically. And, and then here well, we like are. a year out from that. And, yeah. yeah, and
1: already people are like, oh, well, this isn't the real Lions because there's no fans there, or you know, they're not doing a proper touring schedule, or blah, 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 blah. it's like, I don't give a fuck. It's happening. Like, stop bitching and moaning about it. Like, how fucking Spoilt and privileged, have we become that like less you know a year out from not having any sport at all? We're already fucking poo pooing the fact a Lions tour is happening. I'm like, yeah, it's weird, but let's get a bit of perspective. Man, fucking hell.
2: Johnny Ball says that the the next thing (laughs) might happen, the tour bus fucking explodes and the cup, um, oh, yeah, oh, explodes and AWDA rises from the ashes. I'm loving the kind of um Game of Thrones vision there.
1: Mm. Him I'm into completely in the
2: in the yeah, in the Untouched. with Untouched two little dra- little baby cute dragons on his on his shoulders.
1: Indeed, and somehow he still Ball.
2: he still hasn't got he he still got some hair.
1: Yeah, just a tiny little wisp, just right there, the leg in the nest. Johnny Ball also says he remembers when we did a twenty minute dialogue on the cut of the suits in the last dance. Which, yeah, I do remember. You know, again, we, some of we, our best work. Some of our best work. But yeah, so let's just fucking roll with it, I say. Let's lean into lean into the chaos. Warren Gatlin said he told his squad to embrace the chaos. And I think everybody would have a much nicer time and we'd all be a lot more chilled out if we also just embraced the chaos and enjoyed it. Any more news
2: we embrace, before we embrace some more chaos and enjoy it?
1: Um Lewis Ludlow's been absolutely correctly cited for somehow not getting sent off and kneeing somebody in the fucking face. I mean, oh, it wasn't a good decision. Why he did it was very stupid. But, like, obviously he got cited because you can't just knee someone in the face on the rugby field. It just doesn't work that way. No, you cannot. And and the lad who got sent off for Argentina's got banned for three games, which I level with you. I think it was a bit harsh because I thought it was quite a harsh red card. Like I understand why they gave it, but to ban him for three matches on top of giving him a red card feels a bit much. So that
2: was the news, everyone. It was. And so we now are going to move to talk about the weekend and do a preview of the south africa a game and we will be doing that for patrons only for people Damn who are right. not patrons will be leaving us right about now Tata,
1: bye
0: however you like to do it indoors outdoors in the gym or playing the field you know that being fit comes with benefits at lifestyle sports we have the sportswear for you brands that turn you on Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings of life. So you can choose life with benefits, style with benefits, sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports at lifestyle sports.com. Acast recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us
1: to think a little differently.
0: It's about the greater good, families and children respecting their own individuality.
1: In the next couple of years, like I hope, I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where you know people are just people. Nobody's
2: pooling the resources
0: together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Okay, that's the weekend of the previews. Out of the way, and we welcome back our non patron listeners. Hi. Hi. You missed to talk about the weekend and the South Korea game. So, if you want to make sure you get a full episode and the live streams and all that stuff, then patreon.com slash blood mud, mud. So, yeah. uh, shit good. It's shit good time, everybody. Uh, so, it is. Uh, shall we start with shit?
1: Yeah. Tell you what shit, right? Go. The whole. Have you seen this whole – the Fiji Jersey sponsor row? Have you seen much Mm -hmm. of this? Yes. Like, obviously, COVID's starting to get a bit out of control in Fiji for the first time at the moment, really. Um, And a big part of that has been put down to vaccine refusal, which is being driven by anti-science bullshit being spread largely from churches and Christian groups piped directly from their dickhead counterparts on the religious right in America. Mm-hmm. So the Fiji Rugby Union has been really proactive in promoting vaccine take-up. They posted photos of the squad getting their vaccinations a couple of weeks ago, all that sort of stuff. And Fiji Airways, the main sponsor, decided said for the game on Saturday that they would replace their sponsorship with the uh, just the words vaccinate Fiji across the front of the jersey. And it was all publicised before the game. Everybody thought it was a very lovely yeah. idea. Nobody told the players. Um, and enough of them kicked off. About it because they didn't want to be used as billboards to save people's lives for some reason, Um, that they refused to play without the message being removed. Uh, And for so many reasons, I am just really depressed by that. (laughs) This whole thing is like, really, are we in a situation now where that's, you know, players are refusing to promote getting life saving vaccinations? That's the level of discourse that we're at. For fuck's
2: sake. Yeah, I do think there's a situation. People can refuse to have any medical treatment they don't want. That's fine. But I think refusing to basically publicise it for people who will, you know, it's, it's madness. And the other thing is, from a kind of, you know, a change management point of view, not telling people what's going to be happening and not involving them in the discussion which is what vern cot has come out and said hasn't
1: he basically that it was all quite last minute nobody really knew and when it came out it has been badly handled
2: you had the big you you ultimately had the you what kind of reaction and there wasn't Mm. enough time to work through that and then say okay let's talk about it then and okay if you don't want to put that shirt on you don't have to but other people will you know, yeah, it's a very and apparently
1: one. it's pissed off Fiji Airways as well because they've gone well, we gave up our prime real estate on your game with the All Blacks to you know to do something good for the benefit of Fijian public health, and in the end, you just had nothing there. I mean, the jersey looked lovely with no sponsor on it, but mm. like, lovely jersey. you know, a lovely jersey. Oh, Nike, Please, if anybody's listening, is, is, is in with Nike. Please, can I have all of the Fiji stash, please? Because it's amazing. I think I you
2: showed a picture of the T-shirt. It's very nice.
1: Oh, the, the T-shirt Fiji, yeah. T-shirt with the swoosh with the like Maasai Fijian like art pattern inside it is so fucking cool. It's the <laughs> oh, just, oh anyway.
2: Uh, shit from me. Shall we do Will Greenwood again? <laughs>
1: Honestly, he's the worst thing about this Lions tour, including current. I can include coronavirus in that. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, however bad coronavirus is, Will Greenwood is worse right now. I just, I just can't like this sort of manic, coked up lads on tour fucking energy that he brings to the commentary box every single fucking game. It's just, it makes you wonder if Miles Harrison was somehow just kind of like, did did he give him some fucking quail before the games would start or something? To just <laughs> yeah. fucking... No, poor Miles, who's not very well,
2: isn't there? To no, indeed. Slip him a Mickey <laughs> Finn in his drink before, before the game starts. <laughs> take the he's fucking edge he's off fully his fucking ranting. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's all the word, the word hasn't got to Connor McNamara that you need to fucking take the edge off him. Otherwise, he will go all game.
2: I quite like Conor McNamara on football radio commentary. He's actually quite too. good, but it's not really crossing over.
1: No, he's very bad at rugby. He doesn't know who most of the players are, which doesn't help. Um, and keeps seemingly getting players of vaguely similar ethnicities mixed up, which is awkward. But, you know, he's, having, he's trying his best. The numbers on those Lions jerseys are very small and quite hard to read. Or no
2: numbers at all, of course. Or
1: no numbers at all sometimes. That's yeah. True. And sometimes That's you don't they're true. not even the right ones.
2: But Greenwood might like, Honestly. The time comes when players must consider <laughs> their place in the phalanx of immiscible endeavour and rampaging faculty. This is the midfield the today. If... Will it work? Will it not? Pass goes astray. Somewhere an owl hoots. Handling error. But why? a mistime run, or perhaps the memory of a long-dead childhood dog. They <laughs> simply won't know. They won't know until they've looked. They've looked into each other's eyes, and I mean really looked. Looked until it makes them feel violated in some way. I tried to look at my wife like that, but she won't hold my gaze. Apparently, too late for that, and yet I don't think so. But Ali Price knows that pain, the agony, the loss of such a force, and he's just knocked on at the back of the scrum, and yet he still seems to be the same man that he was before. Junction, Wamba, season four of The West Wing. Not for me, I have to say.
1: <laughs> Honestly, is that, one minute, is that, is that sort of found beat poetry <laughs> nonsense? And then at the other end of the scale, that. It's like this weird, like, lad lads, 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 oh, no, lads. You've yeah, been on a Lions Tour, you've been on a Lions Tour. Yeah. We've all done it. You're only like, to have a drink at the end. A, and
2: he has a, a staccato oh. style for the beat poetry. And yeah. Kind of loud, lads, lads, lads style. It's, like, for
1: the... it's yeah. literally like everything is uh, sort of yeah. prescient to him going, And I hate it so much. Yeah. That bit where Dead Dog, Wayne Dead dog. got into the fucking, got in the way of the ball on was it Wednesday or I can't remember if it was Wednesday or Saturday's game. I mean, basically the same game. Um But when Wayne Barnes got in the way of the ball and got hit by the ball and he was like sort of egging Nigel Owens on to like rinse him as if he'd just done a fucking <laughs> you know, international drinking rules fucking forfeit or something. And it, it was just and Nigel was just kind of like like, I'm, I'm not enjoying Nigel on this tour either. He's fucking shit. But like like, Nigel was just kind of like, oh, yeah, this happens, you know. <laughs> there's a lot around. Sam of them was like, yeah, there's, when you think there's like 200 rucks a game, it's like you know, a ref's going to get in the way of one of them. And, and Greenwood just wanted them to sort of like get into this weird, like sort of posturing, rinsing your mate and saying he's shit thing. And it was like, I've just had a window into every fucking like lads night out that you've ever been on. And I hate you even more <laughs> than I thought I did before. I remember in the 2007 when we did start, Yeah, not not the best. When we did the
2: 2007 episode recap, uh, World Cup mm. review, and we mm. talked about his commentary. The, the after he commentated on the semi-final after yeah England beat France, and. He was horrendous. He didn't pay any attention yeah. to what was being happening on the field and just kept ranting on about people being kings of men and Jason Robinson and all sorts. And, and actually, and that was horrific. And I remember writing him on the blog at the time about how ridiculous it was, but he'd literally been doing it for about six months at that point. He'd obviously got excited and was still new to a lot of the players, I guess. He seems but to have he's... regressed even further and become even more insane.
1: This is the thing I feel like he's regressed big style.
2: And I don't like, know why, but just, the haircut's obviously something to do with it, isn't it? What's the story with it, the haircut? <laughs> the,
1: you kind of feel like the haircut is the... It's a problem, you know? It's—it's <laughs> it, it's The haircut is the root of a, a wider malaise yeah. and a wider problem. Because I think I've said this on the podcast before, but it's like I spent 45 minutes in the company of Will Greenwood once. And genuinely one of the most annoying people I've ever met. And I know quite a few people who've shared those similar anecdotes that he because he's just like that. He's like on and like a hundred miles an hour constantly just fucking manic, fucking one AM coke energy. And I just think he, because he's not because Sky don't have any rugby anymore. And they don't even have fucking England games. They didn't even have England games, don't forget, with the whole fucking uh, Autumn Nations Cup thing that happened yeah, last year. Yeah. He, You know, no fucking provin- no domestic rugby. They haven't got, this, like, I think they might still have the rugby championship, but they haven't got the current All Black tests. They've got some fucking Australia stuff, but that's just a direct feed from Australia and the stand sports thing. So Will has basically been a fucking indoor cat. For the best part of two years, commentary wise, he hasn't, and I feel like he's just in that time, he sort of internalized this manic energy that he has about himself at all times. He kept
2: doing really close up selfie videos after the gym, like he was just saying that, you know, he will kill again.
1: Yeah, that's
2: like he wanted to send it to a newspaper to make his name known (laughs) around the world, you know.
1: But yeah, I've got a big concern that he's just been inside too long and he's been so out of comedy for so like comedy, out of commentary for so long that he he's just definitely been out of, that for very he's been time, out of right? fucking comedy. But like yeah, I just think he doesn't know how to do it anymore. It's too much. And and Harley Worsley says I'd almost prefer Stuart Bonds. I fucking would. Yes. Like, Stuart Barnes is a I didn't a agree with Stuart bore.
2: Barnes, he was actually analysing a game just in yeah, a normal yeah, yeah. voice.
1: Yeah, and broadly, you feel like Stuart Barnes still watches rugby, whereas I feel like Will Greenwood hasn't watched any rugby since the last Lions tour.
2: Some of his analysis isn't too bad, I don't think, if you can get through it all. It's just it's just that fucking manic foreboding everything is, <laughs> is spoken of. It's, it's this, like, yeah. Why it's, it's would you do a video sl- describing how Miss works? Are so you talking like it, the storm in the beaches at D-Day and your brother's going to get killed?
1: <laughs> yeah, you've just got to wonder, haven't you? Like, what's things all right at home, Will?
2: <laughs> yeah, come on, Will. It's okay. <laughs> it's it's, it's okay to be vulnerable. <laughs> should we move on? Uh, yeah. What else? I think we, we got should. Yeah. We go to the to the socials and all that.
1: Um, I'll tell you what shit is that Warren Gatland didn't quietly fly Alan Wynne Jones out to South Africa next week and then reveal him ahead of the first test like it's WrestleMania or something. Because if we can't have fans in the stadium, can we not just have a bit of fucking theatre, please? You know? Just a bit of just, you know, proper drama. Imagine that. They no mention of him at all, and then he's just there at the press conference for the announcing oh. of the test team.
2: Parachuted in on the back of Haguardo.
1: Oh, oh he rides in on the back <laughs> the of. Hagu- we know, we know. Alan Wynn likes a fucking motorbike. He rides in on the back of fucking Haguardo, or on a sidecar on Haguardo's fucking motorbike. Hell yeah! Tell Haguardo was, drops was, him
2: off and then comes round like the uh, like the American mascot the other week. The M L R mascot yes. comes round past the camera, right
1: points down the fucking camera. <laughs> that, I did <laughs> Honestly. What's the point in Argentina having these games against Wales officially designated as home games, even though they have being played in Cardiff? If they don't bring Haguardo out of retirement,
2: yeah. Why is he not been transplanted to the national? I know he's absolutely. I know he's no fucking Haguar, idea. Not a Puma. Yeah,
1: but I mean, you no,
2: know, we, we can roll with that. That's fine. Yeah,
1: you know, just honestly, stick him in an Argentina jersey instead of a Hagüaro's jersey. And what's the problem? I'm not seeing the problem there.
2: It's just, you anyway. know, fun at a, at a higher level. Anyway, Definitely. what have we got here This shit? Phil Robinson gets in touch. And he says, shit, is England's discipline yet again? I'm starting Obviously. to believe that the management has misunderstood the rules and thinks that the side conceding most penalties wins <laughs> against Canada.
1: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great, was it? Even though it was an absolute pasting it still wasn't very good.
2: Reese Not gets in touch on a similar thing to what I just talked about. He said, shit is how riddled with pox AWJ will be if he flies cattle class between the two countries involved in this. In this, uh...
1: I'm pretty sure that Alan is not flying cattle class. Somebody, sure. I think somebody said that they were sticking him on a private jet, which... Well, Reese Not I has might... said,
2: can't the RAF parachute him in? It's probably something similar, you would think.
1: I mean, it was interesting that... Gatlin said that Marcus Smith um, managed to get some sleep on the second leg of his journey. And it's like, surely planes fly direct to Cape Town. And it's like, commercial planes fly direct to Cape Town. Private jets do not have the range to fly all the way to fucking Cape Town. So,
2: Now, do you know so mm, much about private jets?
1: I mean, I don't really know. I, oh, that was it. A couple of weeks ago, I, was, I got a promoted advert on Instagram which shows that what my kind of Instagram my Instagram follows uh, uh, something has gone dramatically wrong with the algorithm about this thing. It's called, I think it's called wheels up and you can basically pay $2,000 a year to be part of like a membership club that gives you access to private jets, but then you still have to pay to fly on the private jets. It seems very silly anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
2: What's <laughs> been a fidget? Of <laughs> it's
1: my fidget. spin of money coming in. Brilliant, thank you, for you, Peter. That. Um, the, um, yes.
2: When I was in uh when I was in America, when was that? Twenty mm. nineteen. I was in Cheyenne, Wyoming, at the Lovely. Old Plains Motel. In the lift with these like three seventy odd in a lift with three other people. Imagine that. It was oh, in a lift like three seventy year old American fellas. and I was talking to me. so of they heard the voices. He said, "Where have you come from?" I said, "You know." wales england you know and um and he said oh yes this is i said where are you guys from over oh, from vegas "Oh, okay i said did you fly up there and he says yeah our friend's got a private jet we came up in that i was like yeah i, I came on ba
1: <laughs> this is the thing private jets can only really fly the width of america like i mean that's a pretty wanna... big
2: width that's like it's still pretty know, big that's width. Like the middle it's... of russia to portugal that's not bad
1: yeah, but it's like if you want to go long haul, fucking get out of town. You're going to be filling up a lot on the way. But it does lead me to wonder: Are the lions fucking? Have they got a private jet on standby to fly folk well, out?
2: You think about the kind of people who like the game of rugby union football, right? Yeah, there's going to be plenty the people. Thing. There's going to be plenty of rugby union fans who've got a private jet, Andy, to lend mm. out. I would think.
1: Yeah. Plus, you know, they're. You know, British Airways sponsor them. British Airways have got planes. I don't know whether they're...
2: Oh, Josh, you've been fucking owned in the comments, mate. Look at this. Martin Lewis says... Hello. This is is going to sound extremely geeky, but a Gulfstream has a range
1: of... 12,980 kilometres, so could fly direct. Yeah, but they might not have a good private jet. (laughs) <laughs> they might just. They
2: might have, like, the Vauxhall Astra of private jets.
1: All I know is that Gatman said that Mark Smith said he managed to get some good sleep on the second leg of his journey. So, you know.
2: Okay. All right, then. So, moving on to the shit good. 10 ep says, neither shit nor good, but just strange, is that the Welsh players in 2021 continue to be red card magnets for the opposition with another two over the weekend.
1: <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. If Go Wayne figure. Pivak's
2: brought nothing else...
1: It's an ability to get fucking elbowed in the face like nobody else on earth.
2: Bruce McConaughey gets in touch. He says, Shit, is a Spring Box A team having the same energy as turning up to a wee local Sevens tournament and seeing mm. that your opposition inexplicably has five giant Fijians in it? A common occurrence <laughs> in Edinburgh, says Bruce. I can believe that. Tom George said, Shit, the bed. Is Ali Price the best nine on the tour? Can we put Patreon money towards a flight for Thomas Williams?
1: <laughs> see Thomas Williams played fine for 20 minutes but it's just <laughs> I mean I get it is on this tour and that's never gonna not be weird but
2: yeah have we got any more shits? we move on to God
1: nah let's go good
2: what have you got It's good
1: I'll tell you who's good speaking of uh, I mean it shows that I've got a very kind of recency bias but um, that game what was on this morning um Australia, France, fucking Cameron Wokey, man. Like, he's had to bide his time for a go on that French back row, given, to be fair, <laughs> that French back row is absolutely fucking stacked with talent. And it doesn't help that he plays in the same position as the French captain in Charles Olivon. But fuck me, in that Australia game, he was everywhere. Like... Just a fucking all-action, do-everything, winning turnovers, stealing line-outs, making breaks, fucking smashing folk in midfield, offloads, carrying hard. It was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, France are fairly fine in the back row anyway, but by the time 2023 23 comes around, I'm not sure Gauthier can keep ignoring him because he is an absolute fucking nightmare of a player. Just what they need. And That's great. Fun. He says, Wokey is genuinely world class and I wish he was Welsh. Me fucking too. And indeed, great fun. Yeah. Uh,
2: what else have we got here? Pierre Gat, 0 says, Good are our pro two fullback and Villiers with his small middle aged highwayman energy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Galtier loves himself. A second division fullback with a big old fucking boot. Doesn't he? Yes, but it keeps it. working. It keeps working. Gavin Thomas
2: gets in touch. Look, Gavin, he says, "Good is professional rugby fully embracing the grassroots game with Lions players in random numbered shirts and players out of position in South Africa playing with our ones, playing the our ones haven't got a game, so our twos a miraculously strong crowd." Yes, yeah, similar to what Bruce said before. <laughs> I like to call that what happened to me when we played Clandaf North on a Friday night once. <laughs> Boiling rock hard yeah. ground, and they brought their first. Honestly, God, they had a couple of lads—one playing fullback, one playing, playing wing—who well, I don't know—they were just from a different planet in the way in which they moved. It was horrendous.
1: <laughs> I tell you what, though, like maybe on the weekend they can do that thing. You know where, like, you turn up for a game and it's like, yeah, sorry, we've only got fourteen players. Oh, yeah.
2: They were very close to that in the first Sharks game, weren't they? (laughs) They
1: they were. It's like, well, sorry, one of the Lions is going to have to go and play for the Sharks for 40 minutes. They were
2: one more incident away from, I'm afraid, your fullback's going to have to pay Scrum half for (laughs) us energy, weren't they?
1: Yeah. Sorry, Liam, you're playing second row for uh, the Sharks this week. I know you haven't lifted in a line-out before, but... uh...
2: Uh, what else we got here then? Uh, Fraser Manson gets in touch. He says, good as the commentators for Australia versus France not constantly going on about Sean Edwards' defence like the BBC or ITV do for every it's French- It's very true. Game, like we did about <laughs> <Instead, laughs> an hour ago.
1: Instead, they like to uh, bang on about uh, how just some really fucking left-field pronunciations of uh, various French names and there is no that Australian commentary team loves the name Demba Bamba to a degree I've not seen since I've never seen. They just love saying it more than I like saying the word cunt, which is a lot to be fair. (laughs) Or like. Indeed.
2: (laughs) Um, Jordan North gets in touch. He says, Gordon is Australia versus France two tests so far. Not bad for a French C team, is it? Yes, Jordan, as uh, the point Josh
1: is making earlier
2: that, uh, Look out, twenty twenty three, when this is what they bring, when everybody else is not playing. Quite honestly,
1: well, yeah, exactly. Oh, Stu Clark think...
2: gets in touch. He says, "Good is the mish at scrum half, setting up two tr- two tries, <laughs> taking the twenty one jersey very seriously."
1: Yeah, I mean, and rightly so. If we can have, you know, what's his face, uh, Hoskins, Sutu, uh, and not Sutu, uh, the Tongan Thor lad, throwing a fucking miss one off the base of the scrum to a try this morning. We had fucking, you know, props to scrum arse now. So blindside flankers and open side flankers sure as shit better be scrum arse in my opinion.
2: Patricia says that good is Gavin Coombs. What a fantastic game for his first start, but especially when he had a clear. I think I've, I've, I've obviously copied that wrong, Patricia. I do apologise. <laughs> when he had a clear try um, disallowed and then scored immediately after as if despite the did. referee. Yes, that's
1: uh, I kind okay. of wanted that. I kind of wanted that to happen in the Scotland game today. When um, who was it who scored a one a really nice try, and it was done for a dodgy knock on. And he just anyway, it doesn't matter.
2: Don't know. Too tired. Now. Forgotten.
1: Too tired we're now. At, to we're at two time.
2: hours. That's the end of all this, yeah. and I've just kept the shit running all the way through the good bit as well. So that would have been confusing for <laughs> people who were on the video. Yeah. So there you go. Sorry, there you go. Yes. Oh no, I've just turned I it off. We were, we're on dual we're control. In... It's horrendous. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs>
1: I think the most important thing is here that you know anybody who's watching knows that we can't be trusted with a ticker, and
2: here's the other ticker.
1: I think it's about, about our level.
2: Down with this sort of thing. That's what I say. Right. Yeah. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening, for watching, for Indeed. subscribing, for being a, for patreoning, for generally just being lovely people who keep us going on
1: this every for week. Just being you.
2: Thank you for being you. Don't go changing. Watch those roads, and we'll see you all next week. Ta-da.
1: Indeed. So Salam.
0: However you like to do it, indoors, outdoors, in the gym or playing the field, you know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings of dice. So you can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports at LifestyleSports.com.